Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, honey, which can be uh, pickly, you know, real pickly, real uh, salty, briny, you know, kind of like fishy, maybe a little bit, definitely a suspect. But at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hi! Hi! All right, you guys. So today we are talking 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Season 4, Episode 15, Where is Love? Baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Don't hurt, hurt me. me no more. Oh, that's what is love. But it anyways. is. It is. Um, okay. Also, like, where, where is the love? The love. Yeah, yeah. What's the song? Come on. What is it? Um, it's a, it's a Fergie song, maybe. Or where is, it... is the love? The love. The, the love. love. Yeah. Um. So this is finally a an episode where the title makes sense we're also going to talk about the tell-all part one as well this was an interesting yet very toe driven tell-all slash end of the season Mm -hmm. and i have some strong opinions about certain cast members Hmm. and their behavior at the tell-all Ooh, i wonder if i'm gonna i wonder if it's the same one i did because i i think that i i think it's gonna be the same thing i did yeah it was shocking we haven't we yeah. we I we were I we have not talked about this and I can't wait to see because I when the minute this happened I was like oh come on fuck dude no because it's like I don't agree with you know and yeah. like yeah I think that there is just you have to make anyway we'll see. yeah and we'll see what wasn't, the same thing. wasn't a lot of Sean asking dumb questions I feel like Sean got the notes uh, from Twitter um, and she was like listen I'm not going to do everything you say but I hear you you know I feel like she took a little bit of our feedback. Yeah, um, yeah, and then there was some some feedback that nobody that they didn't take from us, and it was having the weird cast members backstage, namely Tim, it. there again. Okay, <laughs> let's get started with the first couple. The first one that jumps in the top of my brain is Chris and Jamie. So we start off where it's like we, that person. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. we get a little information from Chris that I think we kind of needed, but it wasn't enough to cover all of her annoyingness and terribleness. Um, So she's outside and she's like, <laughs> she's talking about how, you know, she wanted me there, but my son was in jail. And then she, wait, I don't know if when she tells us this, but we get the information and Chris was right. Yeah, Chris I was, was right. right. Sorry, for a moment, I forgot you were talking about me, Chris. And I was like, yeah, I was right. Okay, so I was what she's referencing is, <clears throat> you know, last episode we did not know for what reason her son had caused her to miss the birthday, but we had some guesses. And my name is Chris, you know, so it's confusing how she said that. But I, Chris, guessed the right thing that Chris's son had some drug issues. My God, did Twitter have a feel day with this moment? A feel. Everyone was just like, Chris, really? What happened? You sent your your son out to get more drugs, honey? And you got locked up? You know, like, I mean, th- that's not me. That's them. But I mean, you know, Chris, Chris's behavior the entire season, including the first episode or slash the tell-all one, is just like <laughs> bananas for someone who's, who is, who might be, I mean, if she's sober, it's absolutely crazy. And I'm only telling you this, Chris, because if you are like 100% sober, you have to know that you come off as being 
banana addicted to drugs and the fact that your son got arrested for drugs not a shocker you know what i'm saying and so anything that you're gonna do like my son isn't like you doing in the moment to be for your son it makes us feel like you've already done your business as a shitty mom and your son is reaping the rewards of you being a really shitty mom if that is what if that's what you read okay that's what's reading so i need you to change it if it's if, if i'm wrong but if i i'm telling you how it reads and i'm not alone okay yeah i played around with the idea that she was on painkillers like I literally just was like oh my god what an interesting point of view and ha 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 as a commenter of social uh of reality tv and social media this is my take but after she said that it's like I don't know the world's aligned and the planets and it was like everything made sense and when she got to the tell-all and told them that she was sick and vomiting and I was like oh my I've been watching a lot of intervention I watch intervention this entire weekend and so I'm like oh my God, did you just not have your drugs? Because this whole, my, they didn't have my narcolepsy medication is wild as though they don't have people with narcolepsy in Colombia. It is just, it, 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 it was crazy. And now it's like, oh, you mean you couldn't get pain medications, which you are clearly on. And your narcolepsy is you nodding off on opiates. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. You know, two things. Either she's an addict, right? And she is just so uh, in it that she does not understand that she uh, is yeah. not fooling anyone. Yeah. Or for, for she is so unfortunate in the situations of what she has befelled her that she's just coming off this way and she has to really fight against a stigma that that reads wrong. And if and listen, if that is it, I feel bad for her. But I, you know, and maybe she's like, I already know Chris. And I'm like, well, maybe you should have got a, re a reality show because no, this is not just me. Okay, so Jamie, yeah. on the other hand, is mm -hmm. like, you know, like, Okay, it's not just the son, okay? Because she left for two weeks and then come back for five months. And by the way, the son happened like antes, antes de my birthday, which was like before my birthday. And by the way, I'm in debt up to my asshole, but which actually that's actually kind of low. So I'm in debt up to like the my forehead. Um, like I've never been before because she's not here and stopped paying. Yeah. And Chris thinks that I this is this is what I needed Jamie to say, and I wish she had better command of the English language. When Chris comes back in and says, "Okay, I'm ready to listen," and Jamie says, "I haven't been able to talk," Chris is like, "Well, you won't. I, I'm allowed to defend myself." And Jamie's like, "I was only talking for about five minutes," and she's like, "But I'm still allowed to defend myself." And doing all this deflective bullshit, like abusive type, you know, gaslighting business, and then. She's like, well, how much was the apartment? How much did I agree to pay for? And Jamie's like, 500. And she's like, no, it was 550. And well, yeah, she wanted to pay 400. And then it ended up being, Jamie said it was only 500. And she's like, no, it's 550. So yes. Yeah. And so my, th and I'm not even saying, because you made a good point, Chris Farah, that like that's 20% more. You said in the like earlier episodes that like that can be a difference. But as for someone who, purports themselves the way Chris purports herself, which is like, I worked three jobs and I own a home and like all these things is like, okay. Anyways, but my thought is, was, was 
Chris from 90, Chris with a K, did she even pay the $400 a month and then let Jamie just like make up the rest? So it's like, even though you claim that she just wants you for a sugar mama, it's easy to say that. Like, it's easy to say that when you haven't been there to really feel the force of the sugar mama-ness. Like, you haven't been there. You left under the auspice of going to fix your bank and getting more medication and then did not come back and expected everything to kind of be hunky-dory without being able to argue like an adult. So, yeah, she, uh, they run outside. They're both wearing white, which is something I noticed that interesting. And Chris, do you have anything to say about this, Chris Fair? No, I mean, uh, you know, basically, as you're saying, like, you know, it's she she comes back in. She's constantly yelling at Jamie, even though she told Jamie that she was the one yelling. And then she's like, you know, very just textbook abusive and narcissist. And so in this moment, I'm actually just happy for Jamie in that I know she'll watch this and be like, oh, I can just literally wash my hands of this. This is like, this is just show. This is like, thank God you all can see this. Like, camera, camera, camera. So basically, Chris loses her goddamn mind, goes outside, and, um, and like, doesn't want to talk. And she's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You're the most selfish thing. And she's like ra- running out, won't let Jamie talk, calling her selfish, saying how done she is. Just like having a tantrum scene. It's just like laughable. I mean, like rolling eyes laughable. But Chris like goes into a car and then Jamie comes up to her. And in this moment, she is a little bit baiting her. Like, I will say that Jamie knows what she's doing. She's talking about her to the producers in front of her. She doesn't have to be in kind of like in her, in her bag. I don't know exactly her point in doing this. Now, now what happens next? She does not deserve, but in this moment, psychologically, either she's trying to get at Chris or she knows Chris is dumb. Or I think that Jamie is happy that Chris is showing her ass on this, but then she does it even more, which is that Chris then lunges lunges at Jamie in this minivan like you like two sisters who are fighting over fucking a afternoon snack I mean in a crazy way and Jamie's like do you see that do you see that and it's and it's actually shocking and also anytime I see this kind of stuff like unless you literally are someone's older sister then you're you know 10 11 12 like for grown adults to have sudden reactive movements like that always lets me know, especially on camera, that that's the tip of the fucking iceberg. That's them mm-hmm. acting good. They're on camera. So even if it's like, I saw that and I was like, no. I really, in the heart of my heart, don't think that uh, Chris is living her life as a good, as a, as a healthy, sane, aligned, good person right now. And she's not being good to herself. And because she's not being good to herself, she's definitely can't be good to anyone else. So I really need her to get her shit together. Yeah, she pushes her. The yeah. lunge was a lunge and push. Oh, if I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I was, I was taken aback because you're right. And I don't, I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. Anybody who would act out physically on camera is like, it must be a maniac when there's no one around because I can't imagine if I, you know, there's so many things that I see people do. And I think, how is it that you think you're going to come back from this? Who, who would take this? And that's it. If, if I was out somewhere and one of my friends pushed me, even if they were playing, even if they were kiki, ha ha, and they just were like inebriated or didn't know their strength and they pushed me and I either fell or just was, that would be honestly, honestly, the end of their relationship. Like when I was in high school, when my friends would say something, like I would hit them. 
And I had one of my friends, I mean, not hit them in the face, Chris, like slap their shoulder, like, oh my God, you're so funny, like stuff like that. And one of my friends, Desiree, she was like, stop hitting me. Like the way she said it. And I was like, and at first I was like, that's, you're weird. But like, cause I don't know, every time, I don't know, my aunts would hit me like, ah, ha, ha, you're so funny. Like it was kind of They never said that, Wa. They never thought it was funny? I'm being a bitch of a <laughs> um, I, I would, yeah, I was trying to go with your joke. I just needed to understand the intent behind the joke so that I could. That yes ruins the joke. It, that, oh, does it ruin it? Um, well, uh, sorry. Anyways, so I didn't think it was a big deal. And then when she told when she said that to me, I was like, you know, what? let me respect the fact that this person doesn't want to be hit. Um, and I stopped doing it. However, I think the anybody who does it to me now as an adult, not a high schooler absolutely not it is it is wrong and i hope that the cast lights chris's ass up next episode i really want the cast to just go in on her and if they don't they're a bunch of p-u-s-s-y's um so jamie is crying hysterically she gets into the car and it is over and when we get to the tell-all um chris and whatever her name is, Jamie say that they have not spoke to each other since. So I need to know how long, how long it's been because they're oh. legally married. So they haven't even filed for divorce. Oh, great point. Wah. So, okay. So let's go to the other people in the beginning part of the, where's love part of the episode before we get to the tell all. We open the actual episode on Gabe and Isabel. Gabe and Isabel are getting married. And, um, you know what's happening. Basically, Monica has threatened not to come to the wedding. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I didn't believe it. Yeah. I, when they were doing this last episode, I 100% was like, we're being sharped. We're being sharped by a dull knife, honey. Like, you know, like they are really trying to make some sort of drama and some storyline in this. And this is why. I, even in this moment, can't still believe she didn't go if she was still there. Like, how, what? Okay. So basically, yes. Yeah. So Monica as we know, got in a fight with Gabe. And the details are murky of what actually went down. And they are still going to be murky in this episode of why she'd be really pissed. But it, And again, what is explained to me or how I understand it is kind of a version of the vague version of this. I'll say it and then I'll come back later in the episode. But Gabe and Monica are hanging out. They're at a bar or a restaurant. Isabel is doing wedding shit, right? Isabel is running around, da, 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 her mom's doing this, people are calling her. She's going to meet up with them, but, you know, like, she's obviously, as anyone would assume, busy, and things are, you know, uh, uh, needing her attention. Meanwhile, Monica either gets tired or is there a long time, I'm not exactly sure, but wants to go. Now, these two things, right. Now, here is the disconnect. For some reason, one of them gets upset, whether it's Monica getting upset because she feels like she should be forced to, she's, she's forced to stay, if Monica's upset that Isabel wasn't there, if Gabe is mad that Monica's leaving, if Monica's mad that Gabe didn't tell Isabel that she should get there. And, like, none of this really is clear. Wow, like, right? Correct. It's right. It is correct. You are absolutely correct. We don't know exactly where the tension aligns. If Gabe got mad at Monica for leaving and Monica was like, well, you should just tell her that I'm tired. And Gabe was like, well, yeah. I don't want to tell her that because she's busy. And Monica's like, well, it's not because she's busy. It's because you're scared of her. And I don't, you know, so it, this also leads me to believe that Monica is an asshole. Like there is, I am no longer on Monica's <laughs> side. The fact that she chose to not go to the wedding or unless she came late 
and they didn't film it or they decided to like, you know, let the audience believe it. But there is, I mean, unless we had gotten to a knockout, drag out, fighting fisticuffs argument, I would, and or unless Gabe was like, you know what? Don't come to my wedding. That is the only way you would not go. But Gabe is like, I don't know. Monica just says she's not coming because she's upset about last night. And this is the part that got me upset. Not upset, but I didn't understand. It's Gabe is like, I'm really late for the wedding. But I decided to not tell Isabel because I didn't want to upset her on her special day because Monica wasn't coming. And I was like, what does that have to do with you being late? Like, yeah. uh, can you explain? Can you like bring that out right. a little bit more? Was it that you were waiting for Monica and then Monica was late and then all of a sudden she texted you and told you that she wasn't coming and then all of a sudden you had to like lay down for a little bit to cry, but then you got up. Like, explain to me what's going on. And uh, another thing before I forget it, did you notice the way when, they, when Gabe and his mother get to the venue, did you notice the way that like, Isabel's father like grabbed Gabe's mother's head in that hug. <laughs> I was no. like, what? Like it, it, he like goes in for the hug and he like grabs her head as though she's like his like Nina, like from the back. And then like, I, I was like, whoa, that's a grown woman. <laughs> no, I, I totally go, go back and watch it. Go okay, back okay. and watch it. It's real, it's real awkward. Uh, but anyways, go, go ahead. If you have that's, to say. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's funny, it makes me feel like Gabe isn't taking care of Gabe's business, you know, like, that's what it is. It, the Gabe's vagueness of what happened, and I've already said this before, it makes me feel like he is just not, he's not, he's not uh, standing, you know, firm in the boundary of who he is in the relationship with his sister and the relationship with his wife slash fiance this part of wife and you know who can tell him what because he's a grown-ass man you know mm. like there's just that a part of it so it's like you know it is not again it is not hard to be like yeah sis like isabel obviously you know getting married to me haha tomorrow morning is just like she can't fucking make it you know in time i know you're tired so like i don't understand what the disconnect is unless you are literally being like come on monica stay don't be a bitch i mean i, I literally don't know what it is that grown people can't just make decisions for themselves that serves them as well as you just respect you know the decisions that your friends i don't know like i don't know what the disconnect is anyway so let me move on from that because yeah I, oh, go ahead. I, but here's go ahead. the truth i was confused at Gabe's behavior at the tell-all because you would think that based on his like tittering and tattering and like scared behavior between the two women in his life you would think that he would be like a little mouse but oh no Gabe has a lot to say at the tell-all that is that is very like you know inappropriate Nicole and Mahmoud she listen she comes in she I just I just need to give it to her because she is meticulously dressed in every scene. And there's just the level of, you know, perfection that she has given to us on camera. I don't even like it. Oh, yes. Go ahead. She is just, I mean, she is coiffed and buffed in a way. And she is, listen, she's doing it in the smallest bathroom. We know what she's doing it in. I just like when she comes on camera, I'm like, she fully has the most natural, every morning she does 
the strip lash of a lash of lashes, which I now realize that's why when she has no makeup on, she does look so starkly different, you know, but like she has the most, I mean, she is doing such a beautiful job of doing her look, you know, God bless. So here she is. Um, and they sit down and have this conversation now with Mahmoud. And we are now to the point that we understand that she's going to go back, that he is said, okay, that he's going to go back to America, that he's open to that. And that, of course, there leaves some problems. And I want to call out Renee. Renee on Patreon or on the, on the YouTube was like, maybe like four episodes ago was like, oh, <laughs> I'm smell, I smell a rat. I smell a match shop rat. They are conning us because they're going to be in the next season. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's brilliant. So here we are in this, in the scene and we lay up not one of two things. A, the overreaching problem from this season is to lay the groundwork that it could be a problem next season, as well as an out of the blue fucking where did you come from mm -hmm. storyline that him Mahmoud of all people a virgin fabric store boy honey that like fell in love with Nicole who's 12 years old and like first also is like a ladies man and like trying to hook up with people selling TVs on Instagram China? or China? Ch I, I mean <laughs> it's like a crazy story but yeah that is basically this conversation why now that you remember like what was your favorite part of this okay yeah girl I did not remember that scene at all um yeah so they go and they sit and she's like this is a great view and he's like yes night view and she's like yeah this is a great view I'm like stop saying it's a great view great it's got it's fine so they get um some tea and she has like this tea that it looks like it's just filled with milk with like a Lipton's tea bag in it and I was like what is that <laughs> and um so they're talking and she's like honey and honey, babe and all this stuff and then all of a sudden she's like yeah when you're you know talking you know, you know your extracurricular activities what you do when you get upset and he's like what and she's like yeah, yeah you know the, the thing that you do is get upset when you go on your phone and you know right. talk to other women and ask them if uh, they're, they got home okay. Yeah. And then he's like, well, why you go through my phone? And I'm yeah. like, no, Mahmoud, no. Bad, bad answer, wrong answer. <laughs> no, Mahmoud, the, you have been shitting on her about her outfit. She's asking you if she could wear like a t-shirt length sleeve. And you're like, I don't like men see my woman. And I'm just like, listen, I want to tell him so bad, Mahmoud, in the US, a woman's arm does nothing for a man, okay? A woman's arm does not turn him on. So maybe here in your part of Cairo, seeing a, an elbow does something for a man, but not in the States. Uh, so they're, yeah, they're talking about that. And then she calls him out on the fact that he's been talking to some woman and he like acquiesces and is like, okay, you're right. <laughs> Mahmoud, no, 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 no. You have been yelling at her for clothing and you're over here asking some other bitch if she got home okay that bitch will be fine also i was so confused in china <laughs> i was she, like she got home in china okay like, i was like ahmed what's going she, on she, she writes back no what the fuck are you gonna do okay yeah. <sighs> nothing yeah i also i also love nicole for something she said in the scene too when going back and talking about how he's going to deal with her clothes if they get to america which is she's like do you think that 
oh, instead of like having to change, instead of me having to change how I am and my behavior, do you think you can actually just address the own, your own anger that arises from your jealousy of seeing me in this? Would you think that you actually could work on your thing that's the thing mm-hmm. instead of me having to change my behavior when it's just affecting you now that you're here? Just like, and you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I don't understand, I guess, why everyone expects Mahmoud to be like a Silver Lake white hipster, like living in, you know, know, like a, you know, Bernie apartment, a Bernie living apartment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand exactly why we expect this of him. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that he's like, I hear that and I can get it. I, I'm like, good. Yeah, I I don't understand why she's moving to LA. Is there, I mean, I'm sure there's mosques in Los Angeles. I'm not saying there's not, but he's worried about community. And I hope that she's moved to a community. I hope that she's moved to a place where he can f- have friends. And I don't think she has. In Orange County, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, Egyptian Muslims down in Orange County specifically. My friend Rami. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, great. So, she's moved to that community so that he would have have that for himself. Do you think she did, or do you think she moved back to the apartment where I know exactly where she lives on the corner of Franklin next to this Liberty Center? I mean, that's what I was thinking with my original thought, but what I know that there's mosques in Los Angeles. I'm just like, where are those communities? Like, I don't, I can't be like, oh yes, they're on Sunset and Vine. Like I can't do that in my mind. So I'm like, I hope she moved to that, whatever that community is, wherever it is, I hope she moved to it so that he would have that, you know? Cause I think that it's gotta be very hard because, you know, LA is a wild ass place. And I'm not saying that there aren't people who fucking thrive in America, but Mahmoud seems like very conservative. So that's my thought is like, he needs, to, I hope he can find his community. He is obviously going to have to go through a liberalization. I mean, in some way, a progressive liberalization. I mean, he's going to, because, and I mean that in a sense of he's going to have a culture shock and there's going to be some things that he's going to have to let go of. Now, not everything, and I'm not saying that everyone does, but I I mean, there are certain just ingrained rituals and there's also certain ideas you have when you haven't ever lived in another place and such. So anyway uh let me tell you uh after this we have of course the jen and rishi final scene which is uh, no, actually let me set up so there's a scene with rishi and his friend and then the jen and rishi final scene but um basically he meets up with that friend the astrologer friend that told him that he has to like only tell his parents in august ha 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 about him and jen and when the astrologer gets there they meet up at a temple the astrologer is basically like okay i lied no i lied to you no, I told you that. No, I said like, you know, like, oh, you do this thing. And like, you know, this is, it might be really, really hard. Haha. And if you do this thing, this is how you do it. But I'm going to tell you that the whole entire time you were never supposed to get married. You aren't supposed to get married. You're, it's never supposed to happen. And you have to let it go. I didn't say it because it's sometimes hard being a whole like astrologer slash friend thing. And you know, it's so funny because now I think I finally, you know, I get a second part. Listen, I'm not someone who like knows a lot about Hindu peeps, but obviously we have and have juxtaposed Jenny and Sumit against this couple the entire time, much to the dismay of Jen and Rishi. But there is, you know, some small or big, depending, um, similarities. And one is my understanding now of the prevalence of astrology in Hindu customs. For some reason, I just didn't quite understand its impact um, 
like I know, you know, yeah, that it is a, it is very much, it's very much there. Anyway, well, yeah, um, I. Every time I watch that man, I am upset because I feel like he just looks like a fuckboy. One, two, I in my mind, I was like, oh my God, he's wearing the loudest shirt ever. Like I can hear it all the way in America, but it really wasn't even loud. I just judged the shit out of him. Um, so there were a couple of words in Hindi that I was like, oh, there's no, there's no Hindi word of that. It was like a bunch of words that they would say mm-hmm. in English. And I was like, oh, how interesting. Or maybe they don't know it. Or maybe it's just not in their vernacular because they like speak both languages. Very interesting. Yeah, like uh, complex. Yeah. You, like, and I'm like, went, yes. You're like, did you say the word? Yeah, the complex. You're like, oh. And I'm like, there has to be because the language is as old as time. That's one of the oldest languages. Maybe not Hindi. Complex like, language. It's Yeah, it's a complex language. <laughs> like, yeah. So I was just like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just assumed that they would have words, you know, whatever. So um, it was really, just really interesting from that perspective. And Rishi is so sad. He is so sad. He goes and meets Jen and he's like, wow, it's really humid in here. And then like next scene, he's just like sweating profusely. And for some reason, Jen, who has immaculate highlighter on, looks great. Yeah, I mean, she A looks really beautiful in the scene and then b she sits in the part of the cafe where the light's coming in on her so she looks like a goddamn angel you know and um which is the exact way you'd want to end this type of thing you know and so in this moment i'm happy for jen and uh just like you know i i I, i've always i've never not liked jen you know i don't think that she's you know i think that she has made dumb and foolish choices and kind of obviously continues to do so like on instagram and such and but so do I, you know, in, in life, we all make dumb, foolish choices. But like, it, I don't dislike her. And the same I don't dislike, you know, Daniela, you know, like, it's just they're, they're kind of fun foibles to watch or whatever. I definitely don't dislike Debbie. But okay, so <clears throat> from this astrologer scene, yes, we have this breakup scene. And basically, in this breakup scene, she has to not only break up and be like, do you really understand, though, that I'm looking at you right now? And I'm gonna go back to America never see you again except for the tell all you know god bless and he's crying and crying you know and he like he can barely look at her and he's but we've had such beautiful moments and then you and me and all of us that watch it started thinking of them fucking we were just like oh you you fucking like is that what you're thinking of rishi like crying crying i'm like oh i love it so much but basically then they come outside and they like hug and he goes to kiss her and you know that he wants to do one of their kisses because we've seen them kiss now twice it's great where it's like you know whatever it's great it's a great kiss but she won't she's just like and then she like walks away and she does not look back she does not give him that she just walks away yeah my only critique is that she was wearing a weird pleather tan belt that did not go with the outfit at all but i know it was there to center which i understand the purpose just wasn't right however it probably wouldn't have looked this cute without a belt Katsu, you're saying i need a center in every color every fabric every style No, but when you wear a flowy dress, you do need something around the waist to kind of give you that hourglass shape. You already have an hourglass shape. I know I do, but oh, thank you so much. But when I don't wear a weight, uh, yeah, but then if I wear like, you know, something tenty and I don't put that belt on, honey, then it becomes. Well, yeah, I mean, it does, but that's, you know, like, I I don't think you need one going around the streets of Orange County, but I think Mm. when you're on TV, 
and you're walking like if she were walking around uh jaipur without the belt it would be fine but i think she was on tv so she's like let me give myself a waist and i was like okay i'm here for it but it's the wrong color okay but i mean I, what i'm hearing is i want to buy one in every color okay so um you know i will also this use because you had talked about what the the tea that mahmoud and nicole were drinking in the in that scene about like lipton pretty much milk with like a tea bag of lipton inside yeah. uh in this thing this scene in their in their coffee shop scene it looks like they are drinking out of the terracotta like flower pots that like a basil plant would, would be given to you in yes it was very very small and i was like oh this is nice like in ever Amer- in the things we do everything really large right so it's like you go to order a chai tea and someone brings you the smallest little flower pot you're like hmm but the fact that it's just like there to chill you're there to play like dominoes or maybe you play a, maybe you just hang out with your friend and you drink have a little sipsy sip sip sips and maybe it's like kind of sweet so you don't want a lot you know but okay but this is it's only no i think it, i think to me it's only okay if there's also a big pot on the table that you get to refill at your own leisure your mm-hmm. little flower pots you know because when i'm thirsty i'm thirsty and when was thirsty for some chardonnay honey gunk, i'm just kidding on patreon you can see that she just took a sip that's what so <laughs> let's get to the tell-all now so this is part the two of this episode but part one of the tell-all and we are now going to realize how they set it up because it's always confusing and this is the first thing we see gabe is now in like what looks like a brooklyn ho- uh, mm-hmm. uh hotel but it also looks like rebecca and zaya's apartment where she didn't have her furniture same it's the same thing yep. with, the, with, the, with the brooklyn thing okay so i'm like it's suspect but okay again as we've seen we had a tell-all where everyone was at the same hotel and they hung out the night before they met so they had like relationships kind of and or dramas going into the tell-all because quote-unquote people you know told each other their opinions early on and so that's what happened but now we see people are going right from this morning to the tell-all so there's no intermingling they are showing up day of some people already have opinions god bless like gabe gabe's the first person to get there gabe's there then nicole walks in she looks a uh, stunning i mean like a such um asymmetrical asymmetrical um yeah but even her gorgeous. outfit even her outfit that she wore when she was getting out of suburban was cute um she and then that necklace i know was painful like it was a good idea in theory but in like practical application it was just hitting like what would have been her adam's apple um and so we also have debbie who gets out of the car fabulous in like a yellow furry sleeved like carpet bag type thing and she's like this is some kind of insanity (laughs) she like runs in and she then puts on the most i mean fabulous ridiculous outfit ever she has on all the necklaces all of the rings she has on like metallic green boots and she just comes in everyone is so excited to see her but before that we have Gabe who gives us his opinion to Nicole and he tells um, Nicole that he was rooting for her he doesn't like Chris and he likes Osama. And so at that point we were like, oh, something is wrong with you. Some, what, what are you even talking about? I, when he said that to me, I was like, when did they film the tell all? Has he not seen, like, where is he in the tell all? Is he at the part where Osama has his first poetry reading at the cafe? Is he saying this because the last thing he saw Osama did was like, you are my son, you are my moon, whatever he said. I don't know. That's not, that's not what he said. But uh, the are- thing is, though, like, even Osama said in the very, like, their second or third episode that he wanted to move to the U.S. and she got upset and went to sleep and then woke up the next morning. He's like, oh, I don't speak good English. 
<laughs> but I don't know. That tell all, he was speaking very good English. I, I, that's the best English. I mean, he did better than Mahmoud. Yeah, no, I and I I was I was kind of wanted him and Mahmoud to talk more, and they and when yeah. they have a, only a moment, I'm like, well, this has to happen more. But basically, okay, so yeah, she gets so uh, Gabe's there, Nicole's there. He doesn't like my mood. Loves Osama. Danielle comes in. She is wearing this outfit, honey, that looks kind of like I I call it like Vegas prom mermaid. You know, yeah. like it's it's kind of like a Vegas prom mermaid dress. It's so interesting. This is her first tell-all. She didn't know what to do. This is not her first season, but Paradise doesn't have a tell-all. So she doesn't like understand the tell-all vibe. She just was like trying to do her. And she was very scared that the cast would have something to say about her. She was quite quiet when they all sat down in what was the green room that Jen, for some reason, thought was the actual stage, which is like crazy. Yeah, but she thinks that because there's no difference. They're being filmed each time and she's being not mic'd up. So in her mind, she's like, oh, we're not doing the tell We're sitting here talking. Oh, there's even more. We have to wait. I'm sorry. You're saying even though we're sitting here filming and you're filming us sitting here talking that this is whatever, not real. And we're going to go to a different place and be real. Okay. Like, I think that's what she meant. You we're know? Sean Robinson. I mean, Gabe, Gabe actually made a good point when she was, he was like, where's Sean going to sit then? Duh. And I was like, okay, okay, Gabe, I see you. But that's the only part that was this good. Gabe actually quite shocks me. When I said at the beginning of this episode that there was something that I was like shocked at when I watched this, I was quite shocked. Now I understand that Gabe has a very specific feeling towards religion because religious folk can sometimes be quite um, mean towards LGBTQ AI plus um, folks. Wait, is it AI? Or just plus folks. Um, and I don't know, like asexual right. and something else. Oh, maybe you are right. Just, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. Just the way AI obviously brought me to a different place. Maybe okay. maybe not AI. A something. But anyways, plus. And, um, and so he, like, he just came out the gate shooting. And his borderline, I mean, maybe it wasn't Islamophobia because it wasn't specifically towards islam but when when sean robinson is like wait a minute wait a minute if yep. this was a christian or a jewish family saying that they're gonna raise their kids jewish would you have the same thought and then he doesn't say yes or no he's just like i don't like when pe i don't like religion telling people i think people should be able to choose it's like i'm sorry what what planet are you living on people who are one religion are going to raise their kids in that religion yeah there's no religion that's like, at the end, you get to choose. Like, sometimes some religions pretend that, like, you get a choice, like the Amish. Or, like, yeah, you go, go and do Rumspringa or whatever and then come back and choose. And then, like, some people, like, when, you know, when you go to catechism, it's like, okay, you get to choose. But the truth is, is you don't get to fucking choose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Gabe. You have, to, you have to grow up a little bit, and I'll tell you why. It doesn't make a difference. Like, it's not about a religion, because I can tell you right now, I don't think Chris was driving her son to church every day. I don't think he's on drugs because of the church. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not. Be it's so. It's like people people are going to raise their children in the way in which they raise themselves and which they live their lives, regardless of religion. It's the way that they view morality. Morality. It's the way that they spend money. Kids parents cannot help but for the first 18 years or so 
raise a child in their best way of living, which they at somehow is aligned to be this. Okay. And it might not be for everyone, but there's going to be things involved. Kids have to go to this school. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, not every kid can be like, I want to go to performing arts school, dad, fuck this Catholic school. Like I definitely wasn't able to do that, you know, like, and you know, I don't think that my, I don't think that I, I don't think it ruined my life. Yeah. And if it did, then I really wasn't trying that hard. I mean, you know, like it can't just be that one thing. So yeah, again, I agree with you. We both said it. I mean, I knew you were going to be talking about this because it was so heavy handed the way that Gabe was trying to really what made Mahmoud say that he wasn't going to be religious with his kids or care if his kids are religious. And also you're not even asking specific questions. Like if, yes, if his, if Mahmoud's seven-year-old comes to him and it's like, daddy, I don't want to go to mosque or whatever, then, you know, he's fucking going to mosque. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if the kid is 19 is not, he's not, Mahmoud's probably not going to be like, get a mosque kid you know obviously not so it's like what are you even asking yeah and you are asking it to make someone uncomfortable for their views on stage and i don't want that for anyone yeah i don't want it for gabe and i don't want it for anyone and i don't want anyone to i mean when, when you do when you do stuff you expose yourself to get it back and so it just come on gabe you can i mean i don't want listen no i mean i you know i'm so happy that gabe has gotten to really express a love story. And I didn't say this in the beginning part of the episode, but I had said this in earlier in the podcast. I love the fact that Gabe feels happy, you know, loved, you know, like why I know that you and the Patreon and, you know, me and everyone else know that like, it feels, it would feel great to be loved by someone and to feel that someone sees you and, you know, expresses every part of their love for you because they're attracted to you, because you're the best thing, because you're beautiful, because you're, you're the person that makes them whole. That is what we all want. 90 day wants. Gabe found it and Gabe found it and got to really express this love story. That's like really beautiful with some beautiful scenes this season. Okay. And it's just like, so it makes me just like, Sad and disappointed that Gabe now has a moment of tell-all where he's being what seems like a like bullying someone for having like yes a completely different view, viewpoint than you, but this person obviously does. He has never left Egypt. We have talked about the fact that he's a two-year-old, you know, in a fabric store, babe. Come on, you know this too. I mean, yeah, and it's like his Gabe's past trauma should not have been let out on Mahmoud. I'm sure that Gabe has has at the hands of different religious folk dealt with things. But Mahmoud is not the person to take your vengeance out on. And for you to somehow allude that behind closed door, he's somehow abusive to Nicole or that he tells her what to do. Nicole foolishly made a choice to join a religion and say yes to things that she wasn't prepared to say. So let's go on ahead and hold Nicole, a 38-year-old grown-ass woman, responsible for her choices now do we do we all feel like she made some wrong choices absolutely and do we all go Mahmoud is like a baby nothing like even his older brother was like Mahmoud <laughs> is a baby nothing okay yes! this is the first time he's ever gotten his dick wet so he yes! doesn't truly understand what marriage is he's going off of what he thinks marriage is based on the what people have told him but he doesn't know so we get that I don't know Gabe lost all like kind of like he lost it for me and I get why he did it but I just you know and, and here's the truth I can't expect him to be a bigger person or a better person he showed who he was but the fact that he thought that Osama loved Debbie 
That part, that's the, that's the worst part for you. I know that when is, he said that, I was like, I literally was like, what part have you watched? You cannot yeah. have watched it all. Like the, yeah. then, then you don't make sense as a person. Then I, mean, yeah. I don't even understand. And then he, he, when, they, when they showed what it was and um, Osama was talking, he was like, oh man, you're making me not trust you guy. I was, came in here on your side and now I'm not. And it's just like, wow. I mean, it is just wow that he, for, for one moment thought that it was like, I mean, the truth is, is that I did think Osama liked Debbie, but I also thought Osama was asexual. Like, I I thought that there was some kind of other queerness happening with Osama to where it truly was, like, he was demisexual or he was, mm -hmm. like, sapiosexual or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it was, like, him and Debbie are not attracted to each other on a physical, sexual whatever because of the way he spoke. Now, I do know that there are men out there, Sumit, who do love women of an advanced age, a mature, seasoned woman. But Osama wasn't giving me those vibes. Osama, I think, is, you know, on a different level of, you know, I think that he isn't of this world, you know, which is funny because I don't think Debbie is of this world, but, but he, but in their own way, they are absolutely nutty baddie together. And at the same mm -hmm. time, crazy in their own ways, you know what I'm saying? She's nutty baddie, like wants to let go, you know, and he's nutty baddie. Like he thinks he's never going to have a, need a job just to make art and poems for the rest yeah. of his life. When he fucking said that he would die for his art, I was like, there's plenty of people who die for their art, but they still become baristas. You know, it's just that you're not good enough. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You're just not good enough. Sometimes you just need the Simon Cowell to be like, oh, don't do it. You're going to waste your whole life. You're not good enough for it. Anyway. That, and uh, Chris, they said to him, you could sell your art. And he said, I don't want to sell my art to tourists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to sell it to people who truly understand. And I was like, sweetie, baby, honey, there is no way in the world that you are going to come to the U.S. and guarantee that anyone will purchase your art simply because they look at you and your two different looking eyes and go, I understand your art. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Artists mm -hmm. sell their art to people who want to buy art, not because the person has to write a dissertation or an essay understanding the reason why you're purchasing your art. You're doomed to starve. And then Johan's jump dumbass jumping in and being like why not give him the visa you could help him out and i'm like listen i truly understand that like you know a visa is a very valuable thing and you would be doing you would be doing a, the homie a favor right to give him mm -hmm. a visa so that he can come to the u.s yeah but osama doesn't have any realistic goals of what he's going to do in the u.s he's going to end mm -hmm. up going back to morocco because he has mm -hmm. no discernible skills and he's not willing to work in anything until his art gets afloat so he's just going to be living off of debbie and it's like right. Johan, you are not the same as as him like you at least are attracted to danielle and you and danielle have good sex and you like you you are comfortable being seen in public with her but you think that debbie should move this young ass 24 yeah. man to sugar here georgia so mm -hmm. that he can sell fucking art what mm -hmm. are you even talking about debbie is not in the in the, in the stage of her life where she's going to move to new york city or somewhere where he has a hope atlanta of mm -hmm. selling his shit she is trying mm -hmm. to live in her townhouse with all her kitschy shit around the thing and she never mm -hmm. agreed to fucking take him to the u.s in the first place right i was like she's, supposed to, she's trying to live in morocco so she's not even yeah yeah no it just was so he that part was horrible obviously the part that was lol and generally jumped on this one was the part that he was like 
it was revealed, of course. So anyway, basically, obviously, besides the fact that Gabe is annoying to us because of his um, disappointed behavior towards Usama, one thing that he does do well in this space is the tells pulled every fucking face. So when they're having this conversation, they bring out Julian because of Osama and um, obviously Julian's mom, who is Debbie. And, you know, he does it. He does what he has to do there. And um, Jen then gets to have her opinion when Usama then reveals that he has been texting Debbie, but then says that he's no longer in love with Debbie. So, in fact, the many thousands of texts and phone calls that have happened since was only to make sure that she knows that it's done. And Jen was like, okay, you dumb foot. What? Like, you're so the dumbest game. Yeah, so was Sean. They were all like, you were dumb. We all think it's lying. And then Julian comes out like a fucking Western gunslinger. And he's like, boy, you don't talk about people's mamas. I'm a cop. I can sniff out bullshit. And I was like, sir, I need you to take a step back. And she just loved it. Debbie was sitting there fanning herself, loving the fact that Julian didn't even sit down. He came in, he's like, you don't talk about people's mama like that. You don't come over here and lie in every, every single time in five seconds. If I would have 60 damn tagging bears to my mama, that's a damn uh, stalker. You got mental problems, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh my God. And then Jen was like, oh my God, Julian, I love you right now for what you just came out and did for your mother. Now we all know that Julian is a mama's boy. And the truth is, when a mother like Debbie, how could you not be? She probably was pretty fun as a mom. Could you imagine her just being like, come on, Julian, let's go to Disneyland. Me and Julian are going to Disney World. She was probably at Disney World, like with the ears on running around. She was probably a really good mom to children. And she's probably like, come on, Julian, let's order a meal and have some wine. You know, like, <laughs> I, I imagine that Debbie was a pretty fun parent because she's such a free spirit. And at the end, she, like, gets up and she runs. And she's like, Julian, Julian, now this is between just me and you and the Finch Post. But that Jen, she's single. And he's like, Mama, what? Do you like that? And she's like, I cannot do you like anything. And he's like, Okay, Mama, you give her my number, and that's okay. (laughs) I mean, the truth is, is that Debbie is the shining ray of light through this entire season. She looked like Mae West, honey. I mean, she came in. She just like, yeah, she she really is such a light, and I want only the best for her. Remember that part where they asked Osama if he's actually attracted to her, and then she's like. Debbie, Debbie, tell them about the nights in Casablanca. Like, and I was like, the nights in Casablanca. Like, the night, like that. Like, yeah. are there certain like sound bites? Like, they didn't actually use that sound. I feel like they did not use that sound bite in a promo. Yeah, to, they didn't. They didn't because to she's hear like, it, it's like she's the, like, what night in Casablanca? She was like, you he. Well, we were having some wine and some cheese. Jeez. And another charcuterie board, and he got amorous with me. He got. (laughs) What does that mean? Does that mean like? I I know that means. I know that means. I'm sorry, but does that mean to him? Does that is that her nice way of saying we kissed on the forehead, or is her is that way? She's like try to be fresh and suck on my titty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That hand got lower and lower, and then he started petting a different kind of kitty. (laughs) Yeah, who knows what happened? Who knows what happened? I mean, it was like, it was so, so kind of, it was so good. Like, this was a good, good good-ass tell-all. Did we talk about any of, like, Rishi 
was trying to say some things too. And then Jamie was like, the reason why Johan and Osama get along is because they have the same story. And Johan's like, yes, we do have the same story. I married an old bitty too, or whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, it also did break my heart that, that even after all that one more Debbie thing, Debbie's like, well, you know, I won't talk to him again. You know, it, it would take so much for me to do. Like, he'd have to move a mountain. And then, like, Sean Robbins is like, well, what is, what, what, what would the mountain be, Debbie? What does that mean? And then she just <laughs> says, well, like, buy a plane ticket for me. And I'm like, yes. what? <laughs> move a mountain is to go onto a computer and type HTML. But just, the, and also, no, honey, how the house is this man going to get it? I mean, had no chickens or poems. There's no chickens and not enough chickens and poems in Morocco to get you a poem. What are you talking about? Anyway, that, but I think that's why it's moving mountains because he actually could never do that in a million years. He would have to like literally go get a job that he hated and save for three years in order to move said mountain for her. And he wouldn't do it because he would die for his art. Here we are. I can't believe. How many tell-alls are there? Is there one more or yeah, three more? I think there's one more. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have a full hour and a half next time. So it's like, all right, two hours if you watch it with commercials. Hey, are you guys on HBO Max and Discovery Plus? And like, I need to go check this, but can I let go of Discovery Plus? Because it merged. And so I should be able to watch all of my shows on HBO Max. So, or Max as it's called. Hmm. We'll see. Oh. Honey, down at the max gives me saved by the bell vibes. I don't know, honey, but thank you so much for, you know, being on this journey for us as we recap this season and we're almost done. But however, you know, one rolls into the other. And as we've said, the promo for before the 90 days is out and it looks on freaking believable. Oh so my that's, God. No, it's unbelievable. It so no, it's good. magnificent. It's it literally so looks so crazy. I can't even imagine it. I have a me question. For you. Are you busy? We can talk about this afterwards, but I, I want, I want to know if you're busy next Wednesday. Let's put a pin in it and we'll see everybody in the podcasting world later. You guys have a, an amazing time and, you know, you can, if you wanted to be Patreon, you want to get that extra 20 minute content that you didn't hear, you can do so on patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month. We just got a new patron. Her name is Leah. Thank you so much. Or their na- name is Leah. I don't know your pronouns. Don't want to be wrong. And so again, patreon.com slash docusweeties, $10 a month, exclusive content and shenanigans. I literally read from my like diary when I was in high school. I, w- I really don't know what year it was. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, also, another thing that's happening is in June, um, if you're in the Los Angeles area, Chris Farah is putting on a one woman show and she's going to give you some deets. It's going to be in the Patreon. It's going to be everywhere. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it every single day until every single week until it's happening. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, Chris. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much. Yes, uh, that's called Lebanese Debutante. It's part of the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Please come out. There are seven shows all in June, and I will post the information everywhere. But ever, uh, you can also follow DocuSweeties on your social medias at DocuSweeties on Instagram, at DocuSweeties on TikTok, and at DocuSweeties, sorry, and at DocuSweeties one on twitter of course i'm at chris Farah on instagram that's just call me one instagram and the other things we love you guys so much thank you so much for listening give us five stars we'll talk to you later okay bye, bye. bye.